Good morning. You listen to FloridaDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Robert Dietz, the chief economist with the National Association of Home Builders. Robert, how are you doing? Doing well. It's good to join you today. It's been about a year since we've talked. A lot of people in the foreign business would like to know kind of where we stand. Since you're an economist, before we even get into housing, I'd like to hear what your call is on the U.S. economy. Yeah, the, the economy really did reach a turning point at the start of 2022. If you think back to 2020 and 2021, we had this unexpected surge in housing demand brought on by historically low interest rates. That period of growth and expansion, which benefited the overall economy, has now ended. And clearly, the 40-year high in inflation has meant that the Federal Reserve has moved from a dovish stance of hoping that inflation was transitory, would go away, to now basically capitulating and understanding that uh, this inflation challenge is real and it's one they have to deal with. And as a result, particularly here in 2022, the Federal Reserve has tightened financial conditions significantly. We've gotten 175 basis points increases on the federal funds rate. They're reducing their their balance sheet. All of that has led to a, a jump in interest rates. And the big question, I think, now in terms of the overall economy is not if a recession is coming. I think one is, but are we in a recession right now? I think the, the data is fairly clear that uh, we saw a decline in GDP growth in the first quarter. I think we're likely to see a decline in the second quarter. That's a, a two-quarter decline, which is the typical Wall Street definition of a recession. The, the missing ingredient for, I think, economists, particularly the academic economists who classify these things, is a rise in the unemployment rate. The job market remains tight. Uh, we have a 3.6% unemployment rate. Those job losses, unfortunately, are coming. We're starting to see announcements from employers talking about hiring freezes and some targeted limited layoffs. So I, I think we're probably going to see weakening in the labor market. But it, you know, if you're thinking about 2022, 2023, whether you call it a downturn or a slow-moving recession, clearly the economy has shifted into a, a lower gear. You're seeing declines, and that is particularly true in the housing market right now. Uh, the housing has been slowing and, and likely reached an inflection point back in April due to the impact of uh, higher interest rates. Now, this is interesting to hear you say this because I've been preaching to get the slowdown. I mean, when you get the government get three stimulus checks last year, you get all this surge in monetary stimulus. There's got to be some type of slowdown, but you're trained economists, so I'll lend to your expertise. Well, and I would totally agree with that, by the way. You know, if you think about uh, COVID, we probably did about a trillion dollars of damage to the U.S. economy. We pumped in three trillion dollars of stimulus. At some point, that was going to result in inflation, and the Federal Reserve's got to clean it up. This jobs thing is new news. That's one of the things I've been saying is that how can we have a recession with everybody working? Because that's right. what pumps the money into the system. But you think that's on the horizon? It is because the, the capital market conditions are tighter, which means we're going to see declines in earnings. When that happens, enterprises and businesses begin to get more conservative, and that eventually leads into the labor market. The, the labor market feels it last. What's odd about this situation is we saw declines in GDP dating back to the start of this year. The labor market yeah. effects are going to be slower because we're still recovering job losses 
from COVID itself in 2020. So the, the timing of everything is a little unusual. There's nothing really we can compare it to. But I think if you ask anybody that's connected to real estate right now, they're starting to see the effects of a slowing housing market. There's another expert I talked to. It's the Bolu brothers, the ITR economics people, and they're saying it's going to be 23 before we actually see it. But um, like you said, we did have a Q1, and it sounds like Q2 might be there. So that's, as you say, the classic definition of a recession. That's right. Let's go to housing real quick. Just tell us how builders are feeling and what the expectation is for growth in the housing market. If you're looking for an indicator right now that uh, the economy is in a, a downturn, you can see it very clearly in sentiment among home builders. Our monthly measure of home builder confidence, which is the uh, NHB, Wells Fargo, HMI, it's declined for the last six straight months. It's pointing to declines in single family starts. And in fact, that's actually reflected now in our revised forecast. Uh, we believe for 2022 as a whole, we're likely to see a net decline of single-family construction of a little more than 10%, uh, which is a fairly significant decline. And you talk to builders in terms of sales activity, March was still pretty strong. You get to April and the impact of interest rates having moved from 3 to about 6%, really begins to reduce demand and, and sales activity really did then begin to fall in May and June and we're seeing ongoing declines coming into July. So single family starts is likely to post a decline this year. I think we'll see a little bit smaller decline in 2023 as the macro headwinds continue to take hold. But the primary challenges for builders and we see this throughout the, the real estate sector is the accumulation of higher material costs over the last couple of years, now combined with higher mortgage interest rates, higher cost of capital for builders and material dealers and, and manufacturers in the sector. And for home buyers, the challenge is that home prices, particularly on the new construction side, have gone up more than 35% in the last two years. You combine that with a 300 basis point increase in mortgage interest rates, and the monthly cost of buying a home in some cases has gone up 40% in just a few months. So a lot of pricing out has taken place. Single family home building is gonna weaken as a result. Unemployment, as we talked earlier, is likely to go up. That means apartment development is likely to soften in 2023, next year. And you know, if you think about the whole sector, the remodeling industry is likely to fare the best. We've got an aging housing stock. Homeowners do have a lot of equity in their homes. So, I think we're, we're, we're facing a recession uh, due to the actions of the Fed, which that's what they're required to do, bring inflation down. It's going to have a concentrated impact on housing. It's not going to be as severe as what we saw in the Great Recession. It's more of a reset. It is going to see some reduction of housing demand, and, but we are going to feel uh, some, some economic pain in the real estate sector. Give us an update, too, on a couple of things that are housing-related, like these shifts to rural areas thanks to telecommuting and the size of a home. I know the average cost now is running around 449000 know, yeah, What is the size of that home? Give us a couple data points there, if you would. Yeah, the typical size of a home, and this actually might surprise people, is still in the kind of the 2,500, 2,600-square-foot range. It has trended higher in the post-COVID environment. That's a reflection of some changes in consumer preferences. We find in the data that probably about 30, maybe as high as 40% of American workers are working under a hybrid work model. They're working at home two, maybe three days a week. 
the number who are completely telecommuting is less than 5%. That's pretty small. But with that hybrid work model, they're traveling into the urban core less frequently. They need additional space for the home offices and, and working at home. And so that has shifted the demand for home size. And that's going to lead in the long run to slightly larger homes and the new construction space and more addition type projects in the remodeling market space. So on net, those are fairly bullish indicators for the housing industry. In terms of the geography, you know, if you're commuting less frequently into the urban core, you can live further out. So the increases demand for exurban and, and rural environments. We saw that very clearly in the 2021 construction data that those areas that were in lower density, lower cost, lower regulation markets, they were growing faster. That has eased up, particularly at the end of 21 and going into 2022. And now we're seeing kind of an evening of housing demand again, rising in a relative sense, rising demand in those inner suburbs as people are commuting more often into those larger urban cores. And that's led to an uptick in things like townhouse construction. We talked earlier about a downturn for housing. There are some sectors that are going to show some growth. I think custom home buildings likely to remain in a relative sense, fairly solid. Townhouse construction is picking up. And of course, as it's gotten more expensive to buy a home, single family built for rent construction, which is about 10% of home building, is likely to show some strength. Some people, their memory is so short. You remember when Jimmy Carter was president and we had interest rates in the 15 to 18%. So what's 6% compared to that? <laughs> It's partly psychological and it's partly asset prices. Yeah, you, you mentioned the late 70s, rates were considerably higher even in the early 90s. So if you're a boomer yeah. or a Gen X, or you, you know, 6% rate doesn't sound that hard. But compared to today's buyers who did get used to a 3% rate, and more importantly, when rates went down to 3%, just like when you see low interest rates boost stock prices and PE ratios yeah. change, home prices change. So the ratio of home price to interest rate has really gone up and we face a true affordability crisis. I'm afraid that does mean some crowding out of home ownership of younger home buyers, first generation buyers that don't have access to the bank of mom and dad. And that's why it's so important we need to do everything on the business side to allow wages to go up, set up policies, allow businesses to grow because those higher wages are what's going to generate home ownership for those younger members of the millennials and Gen Z. One of the things that we've learned in the last three months or so is that as the stock market has come down and lost 10% of its value, property values have retained there. So it's a wise investment. We need to teach the home buyer that even though it's higher, it's still the smartest place to put your money, right? Yeah, in the long run. That's clear in federal data in terms of, you know, if you compare wealth between people who are typically homeowners for most of their lives versus renters, there's a huge wealth differential. And it also has spillover benefits. I mean, homeowners are more involved in their communities. They're more likely to vote. I'm concerned over the next two years, and I think it's going to be an issue in the 2024 election, that we are going to see declines in, in home ownership, And that's a big loss in terms of what the housing market can offer to people. And so we're going to need to think about policies. NHB is going to be highly engaged policies that will allow those younger households to attain home ownership. We're at about 65% home ownership rate right now. My concern is that we are going to see that number fall in the quarters ahead. Okay. I was curious about that. Well, I appreciate you spending time with our listener. Thanks for the update. Again, have been talking to Robert Dietz, the chief economist with the NAHB, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloridaLA.net.